Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Dave Barris. Dave is part of the Motion Plus Lanes team, formerly the Red Carpet Lanes team of Waukesha, Wisconsin. Dave and his crew, that included Chad Kloss, Chad Moss, Chris Pearson and Jeff Nimke shot a USBC Open record 3561 on Friday. So I thought it'd be great to sit down and chat with Dave. Dave, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Dave, at what point did you and your teammates think, wow, we could actually shoot something really big here? Well, I think after the first game, obviously, we came out with such a huge uh, game, the first game, 1260. I, I know some teams have shot some scores, but I don't know if anybody has come out of the gate with that much. Right after that, you know, you just think something could be up. And, I mean, we kept plugging along and tailed off a little bit at the end. But when you get that much the first game, I don't, th- I don't think anybody really expects to get that much the first game. You try to, you know, break in the lanes a little bit and get set up for later on. But uh, coming out of the gate that much uh, was huge. Yeah, what was your strategy that you started out so big? And like you said, usually people start out with the, the you know, start out with eleven hundred and then work their way up. What was your strategy as a team to uh, to how to play the lanes and break them down? Um, we kind of went with the same strategy as last year. We have ten guys that we've been with uh, since last year, and we have a little little bit of everybody playing all over the place. We have a mix with our ten guys of rev rates and ball speeds and. There was no real lane carving, as other people like to call it. We just uh, kind of started a little bit in the zone and kind of let everybody go where they wanted to. It was nothing, nothing real definitive as opposed to other years where you really are trying to make a hole in the pattern. How much do you think all your guys' experience that you guys have bowling on the PBA events and even just some, some non-PBA events, how much do you think that that plays a part when you guys go out to Reno that the stage isn't too big for a team like yours? Well, I think it, I think it plays a huge part. I mean, everybody with our ten guys is, uh, you know, has either PBA experience, great, you know, amateur success. Uh, we bowled tournaments all over the country, so you know, to us, I mean, it's the national tournament, but really, it's just another tournament. You know, you try to do well whatever tournament you go to, but uh, um, you know, everybody has had the experience, has been there one way or another. So I think that you know has a calming effect basically on everybody. So it does seem like, like you said, you guys don't. You guys all have different rev rates, and even actually, I'll throw different equipment too. So you guys weren't, um, you know, weren't specific to one particular brand. 
but it seems like your guys, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you know Chad Moss and probably out of your five, out of your team, Chad and and both Chads, frankly, probably have the higher rev rates out of everyone. But they still seem to start right. They don't start left, you know, swinging the ball and playing the lane. So even though it seems like they they do that and have the higher rev rate, they can still play straighter up the boards because they know that then the thing, you know, the lanes are going to break down and work to your favor. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, you can have varying rev rates, and as long as we always think, you know, you try to stay a little right as long as you can. We definitely talk about it as, you know, the games are going on, you know, especially with Moss, with his higher rev rate, he feels like, you know, should I cheat in a little bit? And sometimes we tell him to hold off and wait another frame or two just just so that down the road we don't get in trouble later on. Dave Barris joining me on the Above180.com podcast. Dave, could you talk about the equipment you guys were throwing? I know you're a Brunswick guy. Chad Kloss is a Storm guy. So could you talk about what you guys were throwing in team event and, and how you guys made your changes and progressions throughout the day? Um, I was throwing the Mastermind Genius, just pinned down, CG kicked out with a hole. Um, Moss was using a Brutal Nightmare. Uh, I believe it was like a six-inch pin pin over the, the middle finger. Um, Kloss was using a Storm Asylum and a Hypercell. Hypercell was starting, then he used an Asylum pin-up. Um, I think most of... Uh, Chris was using a pin-down uh, IQ. So a little bit of everything. There's pretty much variety between everybody. And how much... Some of us were using... You know, how yeah. much did, uh, did watching the guys, the... Uh, Jance's HI from Beaver Dam. How much did watching them the night before do so well? Did that help you guys at all to say, look, we can do this and, and we can maybe kind of take something off of what they've done? Um, they throw it a little bit different to us. Most of those guys spin it and have a little higher ball speed than what we have, but we definitely knew, watched them and saw them bowl an amazing set. And, you know, obviously you can see the, the scores are going to be out there to hit. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, maybe getting a few hits here and there and keeping the keep plugging along and hopefully you shoot something yeah and now let's fast forward till today as today was broadcast saturday was the the live stream of your your guys doubles and singles event it seemed like from watching from from the outside looking in that it seemed like as you guys move left the carry got a little bit tougher is that was that your assertion on the lane or were the shots just not being made like they were yesterday i don't think as a whole we we didn't make as good a shot as we did yesterday um, but I think part of that is a lot of us never really felt comfortable. The, the ball reaction was just a slightly different where if we squared up and wanted to, you know, four pin or hook a little high and we tried to give it away, it wanted to 10 pin or just kind of wiggle. So it was a little bit of both, but I don't think we really, we probably didn't manage the lanes the best that we could today. And maybe, maybe we missed on a couple ball choices too, but, uh, you know, we ground out, we had a lot of nine spares and, and it was just a hair different. So a combination of both. I don't think we pulled as well as we did the night before. I was going to say, say that has to be, a, you know, after you go out and do what, do what a team does and have to come back, you know, tw- you know, 12 or 18 hours later and try to, you know, try to have, you know, a team like you guys, you got your sights set on the all events lead. So to have to come out and stay focused after you go out and set the record that hadn't, you know, hasn't been previously broken over, you know, 111 years of the tournament it's not definitely not easy to, to keep your mind focused one frame at a time. That's one thing Matt McNeil has always told us when he goes out and bowls. It's one frame at a time. It's not one game or, or one set or anything. It's one frame at a time. But um, just let's, let's talk about then 
today because I, I watched you and it looked like your left lane was just it was really touchy for you where you would go four pin. I even watched you left the set, you know, stone seven nine, and then it was like four pin, four pin. Then you move move on the lane and it seemed you go flat ten. Was that kind of a characteristic that you were seeing? No matter what you would try to do and make your moves, that's definitely what I had. I had, you know, I felt really close to shooting something, but obviously, you know, just a couple four pins or ten pins and a couple of really bad breaks, the seven nine and the four nine in there it was just kind of frustrating. I kind of felt that way. Even even last night, I was really working hard to shoot through twenty two thirty the first two games last night, and ball reaction just wasn't the best. But uh, you know, luckily the the team bowled good. We actually bowled practice session yesterday and. I think after we all bowled practice session yesterday, we thought we were going to shoot about 3,200 because nobody really felt good. Nobody really liked their ball reaction. And somehow we managed to uh, get out of the gates good, and that kind of just helped the confidence throughout you know, the rest of the time. Do you think the um, a lot of people like doing the practice session? I know last year with the new lanes being installed downstairs. Do you feel this year, though, the practice session and the lanes there played similar to what they did upstairs, or was it still off for you guys? It's a little. It's always going to be a little different, but I mean, it's. I we don't put too much stock in it. It's more just kind of trying to get a couple balls you think might work and get a good you know area of the lane we think you might be in. Uh, but I, I definitely think it's worth it. It's good practice. It's good to see. But I think they're always going to be you know slightly different. Now let's let's also talk about because one of the things we talked about pin placement surface. Um, you guys, were, what what surface did you guys have, and were you guys uh, happy? Or maybe in hindsight, is there any any surfaces that maybe you would have had with you that you uh, you know something that you'd had with you that would have been a little different surface wise? Um, nobody is too much. Uh, I'm not sure. Like I said today, I think today we probably missed a little bit. Maybe we could have taken some strong balls and brought them up a little bit or even polished them uh especially for myself because like strong stuff was a little too strong and the weak stuff was a little too jerky so maybe if i had taken some stronger stuff and polished it a little bit but i'm not sure we we tried a lot of different stuff and some days it just doesn't go your way Okay, Dave, it's early part of April, so got a lot of the tournament left, a lot of very solid teams going to be gunning for you guys. What are your thoughts? So do you think that number, you know, the 35-61, do you think that number is going to be able to hold up, or do you think there's going to be some people that are going to make a run at it? You know, we got the, the Jeff Riggles crew coming out there, got a lot of other teams coming out there, a lot of Team USA folks coming out there. So what are your thoughts, I guess? Do you think that number will be able to, uh, to stand the test of time? Well, I mean, if we can do it, anybody can. Not anybody, but, I mean, there's still really good teams coming and and the, the lanes are hittable so i mean we feel good about it i mean how can you not be when you set an all-time record and hopefully it holds up but there's nothing we can do if, if somebody does come and beat us you know so dave did you guys carve out a particular part of the lane you wanted to play first or an area that you guys wanted to be playing and also talk about do you think this year people need to play plastic say down 15 you kind of hear where people like to do that or maybe take some duller stuff and play up the outside kind of create yourself some more swing to the right. Do you think teams need to do that to score well this year? I think it depends on your group of guys. We didn't feel we needed to, but, I mean, it, it depends on your group of guys and how they like to play them. I could definitely see a team, you know, carving a little bit more than, than others, and that might be beneficial to them. And it did look like watching today in your double singles pattern, like you said, there were some people that were playing pretty far left at the, at the, end, of the, at the end of the day, um, 
Is that something, too, that the double singles looked like it started tighter, but then the guys were forced to move in? But once they moved in, they had a whole, you know, they had a nice amount of area, but the carry seemed to be tricky. Was that what you were noticing as well? Yeah, I would definitely say the carry was tricky. I mean, there was still plenty of oil in the lane, and I think the deepest I got was like 21, 22. So there was, there was plenty of room to go left, and, and we managed that okay, but uh, maybe we could have done something different in the beginning to make them a little bit better. But for us, it was more about just, just trying to you know carry a little bit better, and maybe we missed on a couple balls, but who knows? You know, you can't, can't go back and do it, but we got what we could. All right, Dave, well, best of luck. We'll have to see if that number does hold up. And, Dave, by the way, do you guys have – are you going to be planning on watching a lot of the live streams that the USBC will be streaming on Bowl TV? Or do you guys have someone who's maybe a designated uh, watcher, so to speak? Or are you guys all going to be paying attention? Uh, I try not to. It's just too nerve-wracking. I mean, if somebody's going to do it, they're going to do it. Um, it's, I don't know. It just To me, it's just more stressful watching than just finding out later, I guess. So, but obviously with Facebook and all that kind of stuff, we'll know what's going on. As, as teams start putting up good numbers, and you know, we'll, we'll go from there. For Dave Barris, this is Tim Berg saying good luck and good bowling.